From Outside's Healthy Living Group, this is HLG's Talk Healthy Today podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Davis. I've been taking a probiotic regularly for about six months now, and I absolutely love it. And I just learned about something called a postbiotic. Now, I did know about the prebiotics which I get through asparagus and leeks and onion, and we're going to jump more into that during this show today. But postbiotics was like, whoa, okay, this is something totally new to me and possibly new to you. So I am so excited to have the fantastic Carrie Gans, MSRD, CDN on the program. Carrie is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, certified yoga teacher, and author of The Small Change Diet, a Shape Magazine advisory board member, and blogger for U.S. News and World Report. The Carrie Report, her own bi-monthly podcast and newsletter, helps to convey her no-nonsense and fun approach to living a healthy lifestyle. Carrie is a sought-after nutrition expert and has conducted thousands of interviews worldwide. Her expertise has been featured in media outlets such as Glamour, Shape, Self, Women's Health, The Dr. Oz Show, ABC News, PIX 11 Morning Show, Good Morning America, and Fox Business. She lives in New York City with her husband, Bart, is a huge dog lover, Netflix aficionado, and martini enthusiast. Carrie, so thrilled to have you on Talk Healthy today. I am so thrilled to be here. So nice to have you. All right. So, Carrie, when did you first get interested in healthy living? Uh, what a question. How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's, here's the quick story. I was working on 7th Avenue in New York City. And for those who are in the know, 7th Avenue is the fashion industry. And there I was for many years as a sales manager for a company. And I kept thinking that there has to be more. I mean, I love clothing. I love to sell good style. But I was like, this is just not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I kind of just had an epiphany. I'm like, you know what? You've always worked out. You've always tried to eat healthy. I think it comes from my mother. I mean, she was basically giving us natural peanut butter. It was only available in a health food store. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pursue randomly a career in nutrition. And that's what I did. I'm a second career dietitian. I just went back to school full time and became a registered dietitian with a master's in nutrition. I write about in my book, and also people have heard me talk about on the show, that in the, as a kid in the 70s, my mom was a, was a health nut. We used to go to this little family-owned health food store, and the whole thing smelled like cardboard and carob. She'd get her millet and her buckwheat. Oh, I never liked buckwheat as a kid. And then she would split one of those tiny little tiger milk bars with me and those things were tiny but that that was like a huge treat so when you said your mom gave you the natural peanut butter I totally get it I think our moms could have been friends I always joke Lisa like I say oh my god I really at the time wanted a different mother okay yes. couldn't I just have peanut butter like all the other kids I didn't need fresh squeezed fresh squeezed orange juice that's what she used to give us every morning and I'm like I don't I don't even like pulp I don't like pulp either. (laughs) We could be best friends. Exactly. Um, I always felt like it was ingrained in me. And, you know, interesting enough, when I look back now, it's how I evolved into health. It kind of is from fashion to nutrition. Instead of selling what's outside of us, I started selling what's inside. So it's still, like, I still do sales, but it's different. I'm selling health. And I feel a lot more passionate about that than just selling a great outfit. Oh, that is such a good analogy. I love that. Okay, so we've all heard the term gut microbiome. Can you tell us about it? I'm going to keep it simple. 
Okay, because that's my modus operandi. All right, we need to understand. And the, the interesting thing is, is that this word just became popular a couple of years ago. We never heard of microbiome. And what is that? It's actually quite simple. It's microorganisms that live in our gut. That's what it is. And we all have different types of microorganisms. And to even make it more simpler to understand, these microorganisms, in other words, bacteria. So we have bacteria that lives in our gut, in our digestive tract, and yours is going to be different than mine and going to be different than every listener. We all have different microbiomes, and they start supposedly developing as early as when we're in the womb of our mom. You get a lot of the microbiome through the birth canal, is that correct? 100%, and I've heard that as well. Uh, So it is interesting. And then obviously, so it starts there, and then depending upon our lifestyle, including not only the foods we eat, which we'll get to, I mean, that plays a huge role, but even other factors like stress play a role, genetics, big role, uh, physical activity, like everything. We don't realize like our gut, our microbiome almost becomes like the center of our being. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's so many things, you know, things we're eating, like too much sugar, There's environmental toxins, like you mentioned, the stress, and that can all affect our microbiome in an unhealthy way. Now, I I talked about in the beginning of the show when I brought you in that I think a lot of people have probably heard about probiotics. Maybe some have heard about prebiotics, but this postbiotic, I don't know if I missed a train, but I am literally (laughs) just learning about this. So these are all things that can help us get or keep a healthy gut microbiome. I know that for prebiotics and probiotics, you can get those through food as well as supplements, but I'm new to the postbiotics. So kind of take us through each of these. Okay. So let's begin. I like to look at it this way. I like to first start with prebiotics because prebiotics are actually the food for the good bacteria, which is the probiotic. So prebiotics work as the food for the probiotic. And prebiotics are rather easy for most to get from food. So that would be foods that are actually higher in fiber. I mean, oats are a very good prebiotic. Uh, Leeks are a good prebiotic. Onions are a good prebiotic. I mean, really a lot of foods that are in most people's diets are easily accessible or prebiotics. Now, if you take a next step, we go to the pro. And yes, this is where we've been hearing about it for the longest time about probiotics. And probiotics are, the key to remember here is that they're living microorganisms that when ingested have a health benefit on the host. If it doesn't have a health benefit, then it's not a probiotic. And that's why I think a lot of people feel, oh, I'm just going to eat X, Y, or Z um, because it has bacteria in it. But unless that bacteria has a positive health benefit, it is not going to make a difference. It will not be a probiotic. So I almost also try to look at it like this. Probiotics are then the little factory workers. So you think of the prebiotic as the fuel for the factory. So the probiotics are the factory workers. Now, the postbiotic, and yes, it is a new term. I've only heard about it recently myself. Well, about two years ago, to be exact. And that's when I joined and when I started partnering with Epicor, the number one leading postbiotic brand. But I found out that these postbiotics are almost like the gift, the Mm. end results. And uh, the difference between the post and the pro 
the probiotics fermentation happens, you ingest it, metabolites are formed. Okay. Now in a postbiotic, everything happens outside the body. And when you ingest it, they're no longer living. So that's the difference. The postbiotic has a health benefit. That's what will make it a postbiotic, but it's a non-living microorganism. A probiotic has a health benefit, but is a living microorganism. I see. Now, what are the best ways to get postbiotics? As a dietitian, obviously, I always want to put food first. Right. And that's why I mentioned with the prebiotics and I mentioned with probiotics. And here with postbiotics, I mean, fermented foods create these metabolites that may have the health benefit such as postbiotics. And those are fermented foods like kimchi or miso or um, kombucha. But here's where it gets tricky. You have to eat a lot of these foods to get the health benefit. It's not like one serving is going to do it. With postbiotics, the research and obviously as a dietitian, that's really what I look for. The research has stated, and this research has been done on Epicor, is that 500 milligrams a day are what have the health benefit. So in order to get 500 milligrams a day, to eat enough fermented foods, it might not happen. So here is where I would say a supplement is indeed recommended. And a supplement, I like to think of it this way. You're taking this fermented food, you're drying it because that's what goes into the capsule. So it's dried fermented food in a capsule and that's your postbiotic supplement. Oh, that is so cool. Plus, if you ate all that, those fermented foods, the amount you would need, no one would want to be around you. <laughs> just well, put it so out there. There's so many reasons. Right. Let's just put it out there. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a very good reason. And, you know, once again, I want to come back to, of course, I want to encourage whole foods. But the thing about a postbiotic, at least with the Epicor brand, I mean, it is a whole plant. I mean, that's what you're, you're, you're ingesting. And it is, it's dried. It's a dried yeast fermentate to get a little fancy in words. Fermentation gets tricky. And it's funny, even for someone who's worked with the brand for two years, I'm like, and how do I describe fermentation without <laughs> getting too uh, technical? Right. I mean, fermentation can happen a lot of different ways. Uh, a popular way to ferment, ferment, I don't even think that's a word, to mm -hmm. fermentate is to use yeast. And that is what, again, Epicor uses. And I say, because I only really can speak on the Epicor brand, because every postbiotic has a different process, just the same way if you have right. a probiotic, by the way, and you buy a different probiotic brand, each brand has their own way of doing things. There's not just a, a, a one way. So with the Epicor brand, their fermentation happens with yeast, and then they dry it. So they, they do this fermentation, they create these metabolites, they dry out these the end result, and they have this dry powder that they put into the capsule. But it all begins with fermenting the food, and their fermentation happens with yeast. Okay, and they call that fermentate. That's the, the dry the end, yeast? At the end, because okay. sometimes that's what you'll see on a label. Like, you might not oh. see Epicor, okay, to see a postbiotic, but you might see dried yeast fermentate. And that's specifically then what Epicor is. It's a dried yeast fermentate. And I know, you know, it gets tricky. 
right? We sit here and we, we talk to our listeners and we want to make it as easy to understand. And I think sometimes getting too, too much is too much information is just too much to comprehend. Right. And I do like to think of it is back to that idea of visualizing that dried powder in the capsule. So it's gone through this natural process that, that occurs, well, that the scientists have conducted and they end up doing it. They've created this byproduct or I don't even like to use the word byproduct because some people think that's not a fancy enough, nice sounding word End result. And you have this wonderful end result, the gift, as I prefer to call it. And you have this postbiotic. If somebody's already taken a probiotic and they might say, well, I'm already you know, taking this probiotic? Do I really need to take take the postbiotic too? How do they function differently? How do they affect my gut differently? If you can expand on that first, Carrie, that'd be great. Yes, Lisa, that is one of the number one questions. And I love that question because here's the thing. As I started way back when we first started chatting, chatting yes. our microbiomes are not the same. True. Okay, what you might need, what somebody else might need, it varies. And you have to look at the reason for taking the probiotic or the postbiotic. So the postbiotic, the reasons to take that is because the science, the research, the research, numerous studies have shown that it can help maintain your immune health and your digestive health. So that's the reason uh. you're taking the postbiotic, okay, for your immune health and your digestive health. Now, some people might be taking a probiotic specifically for, let's say, they have diarrhea, and there's research on a specific, specific strain of bacteria that can be useful in helping with diarrhea. So then that's the reason they take their probiotic. Now, somebody else can take the same probiotic, and it might have no effect on their GI might make no difference. So maybe it's a different strain they need because as I mentioned, different brands, different strains. Right. And that's the difference. See, with with postbiotics, at least with the Epicor, it's basically it's it's not a, it's not going to be as big a guessing game. Okay? So when you take this and you take the 500 milligrams, you know that it's going to help maintain your immune and digestive health based on science. Now, probiotics, you can take one and it can work wonders. Or it might not be the one for you based on your microbiome. Yeah. How do you know which one is the one for you? Is there testing that you can do? Oh, yeah. I don't know of any official testing. This is what mm -hmm. I have done with my patients over the many years. It's a simple question. How do you feel? Uh -huh. Some of it is anecdotal. It's as simple as, do you feel any better? Is there any less bloating? Again, when we're talking probiotics. Because a lot of people who have come to me over the years have complained of being bloated, having some cramping, being constipated. And I'm like, have you tried a probiotic? And then we try a probiotic and um, they're like, you know what? I feel better. And then oh, some cool. have come back and like, you know, I don't really feel that better. And I'm like, all right, let's try a different one. So sometimes it can be a bit of a guessing game. But if it works for you, it will work wonders. Yeah, I take probiotics because I have what's called leaky gut, and I'm told that that can help with that, and I have food sensitivities. And I'm telling you, since I've been religious about it for the last, like, four months, like, I never forget it, I feel like I'm, I can tolerate foods more. Have you heard that before? <laughs> you know what? It's not – I don't know if I've heard can tolerate food better, per se. Okay. But here's the thing. If that's what works for you, 
then that's what works. I mean, that's where I do say a lot of times people, when they like to say, well, take something for X, Y, or Z, because this is what it did for me. Right. I think that's great. But just because it did something for you doesn't mean it's going to do the same for everyone you know. Going right. back to, we are individuals. Your gut, my gut, completely different because it starts as early as in our, our, our mother's womb. And if it's starting that early, trust me, everything that's happened along the years of your life, plus what you're eating, is going to make a difference. Yeah, it's funny you said that because I was just thinking about the SAD diet, the standard American diet. And I would assume that if somebody is, you know, hardcore standard American diet, then they should be taking pro prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics. Well, and, there, and there'd be nothing wrong with that either. Sure. I mean, truthfully, we want to go and start from food first. Sure. Um, we want to try to eat. I mean, we want to eat more fruits and vegetables for sure. And that's why, I mean, a lot of times when people want a prebiotic, I'm like, that's okay. But I do think if you ate a variety of fruits, vegetables, and 100% whole grains, you'll get your share of prebiotics. Yes. Probiotics, on the other hand, I mean, yes, if you're eating uh, dairy every day, let's say, um, but not everybody can consume dairy. Some people are lactose intolerant. Therefore, I would say maybe they do need a probiotic, depending upon what's going on in their GI system. And then the postbiotic, I mean, I take it for the last two years every day. I've given it to my husband every day. Now my sister takes it. And we're taking it because the science that points to maintaining our immune health and our digestive health, plain and simple. So I know somebody with IBS. It sounds like the postbiotics, could that be helpful? I never like to be specific on any mm. disease. The point is here is that supplements are not meant to diagnose. They're not meant to cure. They're not even meant mm. to treat. A supplement is exactly what it sounds like. It is to supplement. It's in addition to whatever else you should be doing. So if a person has IBS, first of all, I would discuss with your doctor before starting sure. any supplement regime. And then I would also look at what you're personally doing. I mean, what foods might be triggers for you? What what are you are you exercising? Are you getting enough sleep? Also not pinpointing everything back to food. I mean, I can talk about food all day. Yes, I'm a nutritionist. But I think we have to look at the whole big picture of our lifestyle. And that really plays the biggest role in everything we do. Food is one important component. Then we have our sleep, then we have our exercise, then we have our stress, a whole other story. And then we do have, if needed, the supplements that are in addition to everything else that we're trying to do. Now, I brought up sugar earlier. I've, I've read that if you have a high sugar diet, then probiotics are important because your gut bacteria is, is not happy about all the sugar. Well, sugar, what we know about sugar, at least from what I know about it, from my, my research, is that... It causes inflammation in the body, right. okay? So obviously, the more sugar we consume, the more inflammation, and the more inflammation, the more chances of basically wreaking havoc on our body in one way or another. Now, what could we do? Well, if we could put good bacteria in our gut, to me, that sounds like a win-win, okay? So whatever else is going on, it can't hurt, to put good bacteria in our gut because back to the microbiome and there's the slew of all these different organisms and you really want there to be some better 
bacteria in there. You don't want all that bad bacteria because the more, I mean, you're going to have some because that is normal, but it's the balance. And that's why you want to have more of the good then. And I even hate using word good and bad, but we will right. for this context. Um, you want to have more of the good bacteria than the bad. Hi, it's Lisa. Just wanted to pop in real quick and just say, I am doing a book giveaway for my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It's a cookbook, a memoir, a healthy lifestyle guide. It's not about dirty sex. It's a play on words. And anyway, it's really about overall health. All you have to do to enter is just sign up for my monthly newsletter. It takes a second. Just your name, boom. Your email, boom. And you're going to get great information, great tips, great recipes in the newsletters, as well as find out some big, exciting things that I have coming up that you don't want to miss. So go to lisadavismph.com today. All right, back to the show. Yeah, I, I like that you brought that up when I was researching you, and I've been familiar with you for years, but I was I loved on your website, you were talking about you don't see foods as good or bad, and that there's room in your diet. And I don't mean diet as in diet losing weight, but just in the way that you eat. There's nothing like French fries for me, pizza, mm-hmm. bagels. I mean, I love all of that, okay? Right. And I love an extra dry martini, okay? And yes, I consume these foods, but it's what I focus more on. And that's what I think the, if I only wish more people would focus more on what they should be doing than what they shouldn't be doing. It's Mm. not like, oh no, I shouldn't eat French fries. Hey, you can eat French fries, but maybe you should also think about how often do you eat those whole grains and how often do you eat the fruit and the vegetables, add more of that to your diet, but definitely leave room for the other stuff. Because if you don't, then deprivation creeps up on you and then it becomes an all or nothing attitude and then you, you're for sure going to fail. And that's yeah. what I try to really preach is it shouldn't be an all or nothing. Like when somebody says they eat perfectly, that to me is a red flag. Okay, no, nobody should eat perfectly. That's, you should be consuming what I like to think of as a well-balanced diet 85% of the time and allowing that other 15% for whatever you want. And we all have what those whatever we wants are. I'm not a chocoholic. I'm more of a French fry person, okay? Um, but go for what that is. Leave room. Because if you don't leave room for it, and like you said, diet, and that's a clear distinction. Diet is not a nasty four-lettered word. Diet is a way of eating. It doesn't have to mean losing weight. And unfortunately, in our culture, when anyone hears the word diet, they associate it with weight loss and not like you just said before, it's a way of eating. It's a style of eating. Yeah, now I'm thinking about those dark chocolate-covered raisins. You know, I put them really, (laughs) I put them in a cupboard that's really high. I literally (laughs) tossed the bag all the way to the back. So it's hard to reach because there's certain foods that I just, they're so good in the texture. So, you know, or I'll put a little bit in a bag and then I'll say to my husband, can you just take these and and hide them and don't give them, tell me to, you know, give them to me till tomorrow. Now, maybe that's not the best, but for me, there's certain triggers and that's, uh, you know. And Lisa, whatever works. Okay. 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 Now it is funny because my husband, on the other hand, he used to go to the store, bring back foods and try to hide them. So I wouldn't see that he was eating them. Okay. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, there is nothing you cannot eat in this house, hide or that I wouldn't know about. Or sometimes I'd be like, I just smelled chocolate on him. I'm like, wait a second. Did you just have, and there was, he didn't need to hide it. I'm like, this is totally ridiculous. But here's the funny thing. And you bring up a very good point. 
you know, I don't want you to have to hide it. I don't want you to have to put it far away from yourself in the cabinet because I'd like you to be able to be around it and right. be like, I can just have one. Like I can keep a bar of chocolate in the freezer and just break off a square and be very happy. I am oh, one wow, of those that's crazy amazing. people. That's how my husband but is. I'll I'm tell so you, jealous. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, but I'll tell you, I wasn't always that way with French fries. Oh. But the more I allowed myself French fries, the more now that I cannot finish them. I can actually take a couple off my husband's plate and I can be done. Because it's the idea of allowing yourself that food, not making it off limits. Now, even though I've said all this, I have worked with people that at the end of the day, we have to keep it out of the house. So yeah. all good intentions and everything I've said about, you know, making sure you can get a healthy relationship with it and have it around and then eventually you'll eat less of it. You know what? At the end of the day, that might not work for everyone. I would like to think it would, but it doesn't always. And that's where individual individuality comes back into play here, knowing who you are and knowing what works for you and what doesn't. And exactly. not feeling bad about it if it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I do try to limit my sugar. Like I'll, I, I don't measure things. I'm not counting calories. You know, everyone who listens to the show knows I call myself a whole fooditarian. If it's a whole food, I'm going to eat it for the most, you know, that's like, I guess the 85, right. 15 you were saying, yeah. but I do look at the package and I'll say, okay, there is like 25 grams of sugar and a handful of chocolate covered raisins. That's way too much. Cause I still want to have a spoon. I found this. Oh my gosh, this amazing ice cream that's made from avocados like it's insane it's really huh. good so i like to leave a little room that's great for people like i don't eat dairy it's great for people on dairy so i want to have a little of that so if i don't want to overdo um, but i'm not obsessive about it i'm just kind of aware i don't think people realize how much sugar they're eating i mean they put it in so many things i'd love for you to talk about that yeah. a little bit i mean people have no idea and i love how you <laughs> said you're 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 aware of it though that's what's so important like i tell people nobody has to count calories count grams of sugar but there's nothing right. wrong with being conscientious about it being aware right. like oh my right. god 25 grams of sugar and if they're not naturally occurring because there's the difference there's right. a difference between added sugar and naturally occurring naturally occurring sugar the sugar that comes in fruit i don't want anyone to think they should be limiting that yeah, that fruit comes along with other health benefits that fruit comes with also besides the natural sugars it comes with the vitamin c it comes with those antioxidants it comes with a fiber it comes with so much that is good for us now added mm. sugar which is appearing in lots of places you don't even think uh, because evaporated cane juice is added sugar. Honey, it has a health connotation. And, you know, there might be some benefits to honey on some level, but too much is too much added sugar. And, and something with maple syrup, that's sugar. Okay, so sugar can be in lots of foods that we don't even think about. And that's why making it easy for yourself to just read a label and look for added sugars because it's now separated out that way on the label or not even if you don't even want to do that just go to the ingredient label see what's in there see if one of the number one ingredients is sugar of any kind and if it is say hmm, maybe not the best choice for me right i need to look at that label more carefully because with the dark chocolate covered raisins i would assume most of it's natural sugar, but then that's dried fruit. So how does dried fruit differ from regular dried fruit? fruit yeah, see, dried fruit is tricky yes. because it is still natural sugar, 
okay? But it's condensed. Yeah. So here's the thing. I mean, raisins come with health benefits, all right? Hey, dried prunes. Oh, I love which prunes. Which are, you know, dried plums, I should say, come with a slew of health benefits. And yes, there's sugar. Okay, so I wouldn't say to somebody because of the sugar content in prunes, and I don't work with prunes, but I wouldn't say to them, oh, you know, don't eat prunes because there's so much prunes could do, and not just for our GI health, okay? But dried, let's say raisins, you know, you have a small little box, fine. But you have two boxes, three boxes. Now the calories start to add up, and Uh, that's where I start to get concerned. So for some, and not talking about your chocolate-covered, because your chocolate-covered has the sugar just from the chocolate, not just the raisins. And yes, my husband, too. You guys would get along very well. He loves (laughs) raisinettes. Eat your raisinettes. It's like I can't tell my husband never to eat raisinettes. I wouldn't tell him never to eat anything, because I don't think anyone should think there's a food that they should never eat. Okay. But at the end of the day, it comes full circle to what do we do overall? And overall, what we do is try to eat a well-balanced, healthy diet. We try to take a supplement where it could be a, be beneficial to us. And yes, back to the microbiome and right. back to postbiotics. That's why I partnered with Epicord. That's why I take their postbiotic because also the research shows it. And I think that's something else to add when we talk about supplements. You know, we talked about probiotics, prebiotics, whether it be in food or supplements. But you should, people should look for a supplement from a reputable brand, one that has third party certification. That's very important. And that one that has science behind it. Because just because somebody is out there promoting something that's supposed to be good for you, there's no research to back it up. How do we know it really is? Yeah, exactly. I'm all about the science. It's so incredibly important. And it's really nice because if you go to Epicor, you can see that they have on their site, it'll say research. Yeah, 15 studies on humans and animals combined. That's a lot. Yeah, that a is a lot. A lot of studies. That is a yes. lot. So, do, you know, postbiotics, you take them every day, once a day, I'm guessing? Every day. And here's okay. the thing, too. Okay. You don't take something just because, oh, uh, it's the winter. I want to maintain my immune health. It's winter time. Let me begin. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a good time, perhaps, if you haven't been taking one. But you should be taking it 365 days a year. You know, it's like I just love this time of year when people are like, how can I, and they're going to use the word boost, which I can't stand, how can I boost my immune health? (laughs) And I'm going to be, well, first of all, you can't boost it. You can maintain, you can support, but you cannot boost or strengthen. But anyway, but this should be done year round. We shouldn't be just caring for ourselves when 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 the, the feeling strikes us, okay? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think today's the day I'm going to pop a supplement. <laughs> and tomorrow, eh, maybe not. No, we do these things through. I mean, sure, we're, we're all human. We might forget a day. Um, for me, I take them every morning. When I take other supplements, yes, there are a couple of others that I take every morning with my breakfast. And a glass of juice, not freshly squeezed. Sorry, mom. So, um, <laughs> you can get the pulp free, that, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. No pulp added. Thank you very much. So I do it, um, yeah, every day, every morning. I'm not a crazy person. If I'm traveling and I didn't take them with me, it's okay. But as soon as I get back, I resume. 
Oh, that's good. I, I have to go back to the boost because I think you said something that was pretty mind-blowing, I would guess, to a lot of people listening because it's been this thing of like, oh, you can boost. You're saying you can maintain. I mean, this you got to expand on, Carrie. This is big. It's, it's, it's terminology right. and it's important because there's a difference, okay? Mm-hmm. The research is not showing that you're giving your immune system a boost. It's saying you're Again, what you're consuming here, any of these foods that should potentially help with our immune health or with our digestive health, you're putting it into your microbiome. So you have stuff going on in there. And what you're adding is going to maintain. It's going to help within what is going on. But it doesn't give it this major boost that all of a sudden you walk out the door the next day feeling like Superman or Popeye. I mean, it's, done. it's not how it works. <laughs> I look at at least for a postbiotic, which I'm presently taking. That's my, I know it sounds weird, it's my multivitamin. How oh, cool. It's my safety net. So I look at it this way. I'm going to try to do my best. But sure. sometimes my sleep is not great. Sometimes my stress levels are out of the roof. I try my best to eat even the 85-15. Sometimes I'm more like 75-25. Uh, but at least certain vitamins and supplements I take as a safety net. And that's why I take the postbiotic. As speaking for a probiotic, again, I would look to see what your needs are. Because everybody's different. And what you might be looking for, what you're looking to achieve. And that's your determination. And then you try it and you see, oh, do I feel any differently? Now, it's not like you're going to all of a sudden wake up feeling like amazing. Like that postbiotic that I take, that for me, and I'm speaking personally here, it's for peace of mind. It's right. my safety net. The, I, when I started on it, did the next day, did I wake up saying, oh, my God, I'm going to run a marathon? No, because I don't <laughs> run. All right? I'm not a runner. Okay? No. So it didn't change in that regard. But I know I'm doing what is good for my body based on science. And that's been my deciding factor. Everybody has their own reasons for doing things. Everybody who listens to your podcast is going to have their own reasons. And I only hope that what we've been discussing here they take under advisement and they're like, okay, could this be something that I would want to benefit from? Yeah, that's such great advice. You know, in the last 10 minutes, I'd love to talk about your book, The Small Change Diet. Tell us about it. Ah, uh, The Small Change Diet. Sometimes I'm like, should I have made it the big change? No, I'm not kidding. Okay. <laughs> so, because only people want big changes. I don't that's- believe in big changes. I believe in small. And here, yeah. you know, when you think about it, especially this time of year, whenever a new year approaches and well into it for many months later, people want to make drastic changes. And anytime they make a drastic change in their health, usually they fall flat on their face, meaning yeah. it, it, they set themselves up for failure. So oh, yeah. I believe, and it, the book was developed for years in my private practice, working with patients. And we would discuss every week, we'd come up with a plan and a plan that was measurable. So it wasn't even like, okay, Cindy needs to eat more fruits and vegetables. That's the plan. No. How are we going to get Cindy to eat more fruit? Well, we're going to start by one extra fruit a day because right now she's eating none. We'll go to one and we'll have it for dessert at lunchtime. How does that work? And so then Cindy would try it and she'd report back a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks later and say, you know what? I'm doing it. I feel great. What's next? And then I'm like, hmm, how about two fruits a day? Can we go to two fruits? I mean, it's slow. Yeah. But it was based on 
what she was able to achieve at her own pace, feeling good about the change, and then being able to move on to another. And every change builds on another. And every change. So you might, Lisa, be like, well, I've never had a problem eating fruit. But you know what? I'm not exercising as much as I'd like. And I'm just hypothetically, that might not even be even close. But even with exercise, it's like, how do we start? Do we get off the couch after binge watching TV for hours on end and back to running that marathon? No, we get off our couch slowly and maybe we walk for 15 minutes and others will be rolling their eyes and saying, well, what's 15 minutes going to do? And I'm going to beg to differ. I'm going to say 15 minutes is a starting place. That's where you begin. 15 minutes then, lads, leads up to 30 minutes. And the next thing you know, you're like, huh, I got this 30 minutes one day a week. I'm going to go twice a week. And then it keeps building because you're feeling confident, confident in your success. And confidence boots, confidence builds more success. It absolutely does. I mean, what you're saying makes so much sense because, again, especially at the, in the new year, people, I'm going to lose 30 pounds, you know, this month. I'm like, no, number one, you, you want to lose one to two pounds a week is what I was taught was healthy yeah. weight loss. And this is creating habits that are going to last your life versus just a fad yes. thing that you're doing. So you're right on the money. Right. Be- right. Because what happens with the fad, sure, you're going to lose 30 pounds maybe in that month, maybe. But as soon as you resume adding back the foods you love, you're going to gain it all back, okay? Because you've learned nothing. All you've learned is how to restrict. And sometimes, yeah, I'll admit that's easy because it's so black and white. I'm going to eliminate all sugar. I'm going to eliminate all carbs. I'm going to eliminate all dairy. Whatever the food group is, and sugar is not a food group, but it's part of carbs. It's easy to say I'm just going to eliminate. And yet... Why should you if there's no medical reason to? Why do that to yourself? I mean, I just recently did a podcast on the keto diet, and it's mind-blowing to me to think that people want to put themselves through a diet that was prescribed, and it's meant for medical nutrition therapy for those with seizures, epilepsy, that people are choosing this diet for weight loss. I mean, it's like, really? To what extent will people go? Yeah, it's funny. I was I was trying to quit sugar completely a couple of years ago. I thought, you know what? I don't even eat that much in the first place. And I could see <laughs> if I ate a ton and a ton, then just cut back. But it's like, no, I don't want to give up my dark chocolate. I don't want to give up. Oh, my gosh, I found this. I don't know the brand, but I found this vegan um, chocolate pie that tastes like a regular like cream chocolate pie and I'd like a little slice every day so again that has to go into the sugar it's not that high in sugar which is great but I thought you know what this enriches my life and if I said no more sugar then there goes the pie there goes the raisins there goes that ice cream you know the the avocado ice cream and I'm not eating all of them at one time on the same day but just to have them out of my life completely just makes me sad And and you know what else, when you say that, that just made me think about it, and I think Mm. for some, okay, this is going to be another mind-blowing moment, it's okay to enjoy your food, okay? We can find pleasure in eating. There is nothing wrong with that. That is not a bad thing, okay? And if for you, eating that chocolate gives you pleasure, okay, what is wrong with that? What I would say, the only reason it would be wrong and I even hate to use that word, is if the rest of what you ate throughout the day, like you're like you don't eat any fruit, you never eat any vegetables. All you're doing is eating overly, and I'm stressing the overly here, overly processed food. And 
in your suites. Then I'd say, you know what? We got a problem here. This is a problem. But if that's not what you're doing and you're getting some pleasure from this vegan thing you discovered, go for it. It is so incredible. I can almost feel your your mouth watering (laughs) over the airwaves. (laughs) After we're done, I'm going to have my huge salad. So every day I have a salad with different types of cabbage, the red, the green. I get broccoli slaw. So I am like crushing it with the cruciferous vegetables, which are so good. And I'll put avocado on it. And I got this great a dressing with olive oil and turmeric and ginger and Ooh. it's amazing oh it's good and then i feel good but yeah if i was just eating junk all day then it's a you're right it's a totally different story and you know what you just said something that i loved and i'd be feeling good because guess what when mm. it comes down to all of this everything we discuss isn't it about feeling good isn't yes. it about waking up having energy so how do you know if something's working how do you feel how Are you waking up? I mean, yes, some of us, I mean, especially what we've been going through these last two years, I mean, (laughs) to say the least, we might be a little tired, okay? But Mm -hmm. really, overall, where's your energy? Where, how do you feel on a day-to-day basis? And I think that's only, only we know how we feel and we're the best judge of what works. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to mention too that I discovered recently and they have different brands, but if you have a net sensitivity, like I have net sensitivities, it's chickpea. And sunflower seeds, it sounds weird, chickpeas, it it tastes almost like peanut butter. It's like magic, but I Ooh. think the consistency fools you. So every morning for breakfast, I've been having a couple tablespoons of that with an apple. Because otherwise, I'd be like, eh, yeah. yeah, I'll have an apple later. And then I'll sound like, oh, because I'm trying to eat fruit every day. And I'll say, oh, I forgot to eat the apple. But now I'm like, okay, this is a great breakfast because you get the protein. There's some healthy fat in there. I got my apple. I'm feeling good. But yeah, there's so many cool alternatives now. As soon as you said chickpeas, Mm. I'm like, I love chickpeas. I I mean, I love roasted chickpeas. Yes. I love them roasted as a snack. I mean, I'm sure you and I can talk about foods till the cows come We have to come back because there's so much to talk about. (laughs) For more information on Epicor, go to epicorimmune.com and you can find all their studies. You can find out everything that we've been talking about. And it's really easy to understand information right on their website. Well, Carrie, I'd love for you to come back. We can talk more about food and sleep and fitness and all the other great stuff. We can talk about yoga, uh, being a certified <laughs> oh my God, yoga we can talk teacher. About one, yes, one of my other favorite topics. Hey, we can talk about a lot of things and I'd love to come back. You just say when. I know. We have such good energy. I'm just so enjoying this, Carrie. Now, how does everybody find you? They're like, okay, I want to go check out Epicor, but I want to check out Carrie too. So uh, give us your website. My website is carriegansny.com, and you can follow me on Instagram at carriegans, and you can listen to my podcast, The Carrie Report. Yes, where I try to break down uh, a lot of myths and bring them into fact. So a lot of uh, myth busting on my uh, podcast. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Well, Carrie, thank you so much again for coming on Talk Healthy today. This was awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Healthy today. Please do rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And also, if you want some behind the scenes on Talk Healthy today or a chance monthly to win my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex, which is a memoir, cookbook, healthy lifestyle guide, it's the title is just a play on words, please go to 
www.lisadavismph.com. Sign up for my newsletter. And once a month, you'll be getting some great information as well as being entered into a contest to win my book. So again, go to www.lisadavismph.com. Get more on Talk Healthy Today and keep coming back. There's always great information. Thank you.